0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on another big weekend in Scottish football. Celtic get their first point off Rangers this season, but Stephen Gerrard's men maintain their unbeaten run. Scotland won't take the knee this week following alleged racist abuse aimed at Glen Camara, and the post-split fixtures are out as we head into the home stretch in the league season. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Evans. A decent game yesterday after a poor start, and Rangers maintain that they are. 20 point lead over Celtic But it's an odd looking league this one Hibs are third but on points They're closer to the bottom club Than they are to the top club Aberdeen are fourth Having won one game And scored one goal In their last ten matches Some clubs need to up their game And for me Scotland are right to join The club sides now not taking the knee We need meaningful punishments To combat racism Not meaningless gestures Past their sell-by date Over to you UEFA yeah, Celtic and Rangers uh, have a share of the points. Gordon, uh, as the old firm show, 100% solidarity and support of Glen Kamara. St Johnston win over struggling county. Kelly Romp to a 4 1 win over Motherwell. And Aki's get an important point against St Mirren, who lose out on goal difference uh, for the top six. United take all three points, who have actually clapped against Aberdeen. And I'm looking forward to the show. 0141 That is the number you need, so pick up the phone. And let us know what is on your mind tonight No shortage of talking points The big game yesterday of course Seems like an obvious place to start What did you all take away from it? Rangers fans I would imagine you don't think it was a vintage performance But it keeps the 20 point gap It keeps the unbeaten run going What did you take away from it? Celtic fans Did you see anything to excite you? Anything to encourage you? Or was it same old failings What does it say about John Kennedy What does it say about the players Let us know We do have all the other stuff as well Which in truth is far more important Than the football The Glen Kamara story rumbles on And rightly so Plenty more developments to come on that The post-split fixtures are out And what a competition we've got for you In the mm. second half of the show Stay tuned And I will tell you all about it 01419511025 on the phones Give us a call right now Or Twitter At Clyde SSB But it is Monday night You two have been trawling Hour upon hour of footage To come up with your awards On a Monday evening Your result of the weekend Hugh Keevans I'm going St Johnston 1 Ross County 0 uh, Callum Davidson First season manager He's won a major trophy The Betfred Cup And he's put St Johnston Top 6 Well done yeah, I'm going to go for uh, Kamarnock 4-1 uh, win uh, the weekend, Gordon, against Motherwell and the importance is that they're now off the bottom and can start looking up the way but I still a long way to go Okay, your goal of the weekend then I'm going for Adrian Sporla of Dundee United If ever there was a, a team goal, it was that one uh, The ball chased down to the byline Aberdeen fast asleep Played through their defence and Sporla finished it off A terrific goal I'm going to go for St Johnson's Glenn Middleton Gordon Just because of the significance He gets the ball in the half turn Rolls his man And bangs it home with his weaker right foot I don't know who's getting it this week Is it referees? Is it goalkeepers? Is it strikers or managers? Your howler of the weekend You've always got a bit more of a, a Free reign, a creative licence here I'm going for Greg Aitken Who did the Dundee Ice Aberdeen game 
It's bad when you've got a, a referee who's having a poor day, but it's really bad when he's bad for both teams. Dundee United should have got a penalty, and uh, Aberdeen should have got a penalty as well. And he missed both, and he was looking straight at both. Okay, it's always the referees that get it from Hugh Evans. What about you, Alex Ray? Uh, yeah, I'll have, I'm cutting my bit of slack this weekend till later on in the programme. Uh, Sam Ramsbottom Gordon. Oh my goodness. Jink, Jink Jim Duffy's listening Well I hope he's not Because uh, it was his debut For Dumbarton A comfortable ball Rolls the ball down He's a goalkeeper He's a goalkeeper yeah. yeah He's looking to shell it up To the halfway line Larrups it off another player And then goes in the back of the net And ultimately loses the game Yeah and boots it straight off His own defeat <laughs> It's not pretty is it I'm, I'm glad that Jim Duffy's Not on until Friday Hugh Because yeah. I think it might take him Until then To calm down over it It wasn't, it wasn't a classic well, After he struck his own defender I think he's got time to get the ball before it crosses the line, but he's even slow to get back and do that. Oh one four one nine five one one oh two five. So much to talk about after this weekend. St Mirren fans failed to make the top six after being mm. in the driving seat for a few weeks. How does that feel? St Johnson fans doing it, of course. Um, but let's start with the game yesterday. It seems like the obvious place to kick off in this part of the country. Quite simple, I think, on a Monday night. What did you make of it? What were the big moments? Who were the standout players? Celtic fans, what does it say about your bigger picture About where you're going And how close you are to Rangers And about the manager situation Rangers fans, uh, you had the league wrapped up already Of course, unbeaten run continues Give us all your thoughts on the phones right now Stephen Gerrard says the draw suits Rangers more than Celtic He also thinks Alfredo Morelos will be relieved After finally getting his first goal in this fixture I thought it was a good game. Um, I thought it was all set and ready for one team to grab it. You know, it was end to end at times. Celtic have had some good passages of play and some good opportunities. We've had a couple of decent breakaways and some set piece opportunities, but neither side could go and grab the victory. Uh, I think the result suits us more. You know, we're away from home. We've had a real tough journey in terms of physically and, and emotionally over the last couple of weeks, and um, we're already champions as well. So. Um, you know, this, this this result suits us. We came here to win, and if you can't win, it's important you don't lose. So we'll take the point and move on. I think it'll be a relief for him, first and foremost. You know, he's had a lot of attempts to try and score here. Uh, so for his own personal point of view, uh, really pleased. A positive moment for him. Helped us to get a, a, a decent result in the end. Um, he's been magnificent in terms of his contribution. Certainly of late, he scored big goals uh, at key times. We're, we're really happy with Alfredo, um, and thankfully he stays behind now from a selfish point of view. Normally he's travelling all around the world for international, but he'll stay around, he'll get some time with his family, and then he'll be ready for the next game. Right, 01419511025. Let's get stuck in on the phones with William first up, who's a Rangers fan. What did you make of it yesterday, William? Yeah, hello, Gordon, Stuart, and Alec. Hello. Yeah, I've got a couple of points, Gordon. Right, the first one, I've got to commend uh, Scott Brown. That that was unbelievable what he done yesterday. He's not actually Rangers' favourite favourite guy. You know what I mean? But what he done straight across that park, crossing the Great Divide, and Glen Commander didn't even see it coming. Gave him the support. Mm. It was absolutely brilliant. First class. I've actually got a lot more respect for Scott Brown than I did have in the past. That was absolutely brilliant what he done. Yeah, That's my first, that. yeah, it was a great gesture. And do you know what? We've actually got quite a lot coming up. Um, on that we're going to be joined by a special guest in the show To look at that incident amongst others And, and see where we go from here But briefly Hugh, I think everyone acknowledges when, when we first saw it Because we know what this rivalry means To see something like that was hugely significant I've always said that since Thursday That what happened to Glenn Kamara was an affront to decency What Scott Brown did yesterday Was the epitome of decency 
And uh, you know William speaks about the great divide There is no great divide When you are confronted by an issue of this sort We join in condemnation Of what happened to Glenn Kamara Yep well said William To kick us off What about the game? Yeah, the the game yesterday well, well I thought the first half Celtic definitely had the better of the play, right? But in the second half, Rangers done what they've done all season. They managed the game, they managed the clock, you know what I mean? It's just what they've been doing. I thought in the last twenty minutes we were pen and Celtic in my opinion I think it was either going to be one each or Rangers are going to nick it. It's just it's just the way just the way the second half was going. Just Rangers managed the clock, managed the game and just basically just I just didn't think Rangers were actually going to lose. That's the best Celtic I got was a draw. But don't get me wrong, Celtic had the, the better play and the overall chances, but I just think Rangers weren't going to get beat. That's my opinion. Yeah, I agree with the caller. Um, I thought the opening exchanges, Gordon, I thought, you know, it was a wee bit dour, a bit slow. And uh, I think Celtic came to life after about 15, 20 minutes. And for the remainder of the first half, some of their interplay around about the box by Edward Elanoussi. Uh, Laxal coming off the left hand side Turnbull some through balls as well uh, Some penetrating balls I just felt as if Celtic were very much Back to what we'd seen uh, You know when they were flying uh, And I thought the second half petered out You know Celtic had a couple of opportunities Ryan Kent had a lovely uh, volley mm. uh, But other than that uh, I think Stephen Gerrard will be the happier of both managers Gordon having gone to go behind And um yeah, I think that was uh, my take on it really yeah, Stephen Gerrard Hugh says it suits Rangers more than it suits Celtic I don't suppose you'd argue with that No, not really uh, You know, as I say, it maintains the 20 point gap Yeah, uh, It also keeps up uh, Rangers' unbeaten run for the season You can argue whether that's important or an irrelevance But for a lot of Rangers supporters, it's important I think the Celtic fans would be entitled to look at periods of that game yesterday and long periods of the game against Rangers at Ibrox in the Old Firm match before this one, uh, and think, if Celtic are capable of playing that well against the team who have won the league by a distance, where have that Celtic team been all season long? Uh, so you're entitled to pick mm. faults with Celtic, but Rangers' run continues, and Celtic have one last chance at Ibrox on the 2nd of May to see if they can take care of Rangers' invincibility. Uh, William, did you? How much does this unbeaten run matter to you? We're going to hear more from Stephen Gerrard, who uh, describes it as a, a sideshow. Is that the way you feel? No, it matters, Gordon. Definitely matters. Celtic done it. We need to do it. <laughs> it just matters. That's just that. We get it's a, it's a, it's like, a wee bragging right, William, William, right? Don't get me wrong. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But it definitely matters. If any dangerous fan tells you otherwise, they're telling lies. It matters. Of course, it matters. No, no, listen, it's interesting Hugh says whether it's important or it's relevance. Now, I've been in about Scottish football for a long time uh, and in my 50 years I've only seen it happen once. So it shows you the significance of the actual job. Um, Brendan Rodgers managed to do it uh, a couple of years ago and um, I think Stephen Gerrard is trying to veer away from it because it, if by actually talking about it, it just adds more pressure mm. to that actual thing. I think the Scottish Cup is most certainly the priority. The league was a priority before that. So in the next stage, the Scottish Cup... But if Steven Gerrard could go through that You're not telling me people down south Would take more notice of the consistency That he's managed to achieve Over the course of this season If we're talking about bragging rights And William is a diehard Rangers fan Who says yeah it's important to me Then Celtic are the only team Who can stop Rangers being invincibles Because as I pointed out Hibs are in third place But they're a mile behind Rangers uh, Aberdeen my goodness 
the collapse of that club is painful to watch. Uh, so only Celtic at Ibrox on the 2nd of May, to my way of thinking, can prevent Rangers from going through the league season undefeated. Thank you to William. Let's hear from John Kennedy. Celtic fans, what about your end of it yesterday? He was happy with the performance. He says they did not capitalise on the chances though, despite dominating for large spells. Performance-wise, good. High-level performance in terms of the way we controlled the game. You know, I thought we were dominant for most of, most of the game. Uh, really great goal we scored. You know, terrific goal, something uh, we were also looking to exploit as well and it came off. So, Pleased in that aspect, disappointed with the, the goal we conceded, but reaction to that was good. You know, we again just we get ourselves back in the game, we get control of the ball again, and not not get too nervy, uh, and just built our way back in, and then started creating chances and stuff again. So, uh, good performance, uh, good control, a lot of opportunities, especially for a game like this, um, which we didn't capitalise on. Probably could have could have taken more advantage of them, and we were denied a, a penalty kick as well, which would have been a massive had a massive say in the game. Uh, Jerry is a Celtic fan on the line. Jerry, what did what did you make of yesterday in isolation, and how does it feed into perhaps the bigger picture with you Celtic fans at the moment? I think in isolation, Gordon, the game, you know, it was much like Ibrox. We had a lot of possession. Um, we created a few chances, and I know McGregor had a few saves to make, but they were all straight at him. Uh, and I think you know, if you go back to even the Ibrox game, he only had one. Like absolutely top class save That was the shot from Griffiths outside the box Every other chance was basic stuff um, There was two opportunities One Turnbull and McGregor almost identical Just from different angles with different feet Straight at him So if you're going to do that Then you're not going to score against a, a goalkeeper like him um, So yeah it's, just, it's, it's really poor at the moment I think you know, Hugh had a bit of a pop at a guy yesterday Who said that we thought that, that Criticism towards John Kennedy was personal um, I disagree with you Hugh because Celtic fans are really concerned that Dermot Desmond is going to go for the cheap option again. He's going to go for a yes man. We cannot afford that. We have got to go and get a top-class manager to take this title back. As much as it pains me to admit it, Stephen Gerrard has shown he has got what it takes to you know, make Rangers a powerhouse again. We need someone. You know, whether it's a fantasy world stuff like Rafa Benitez, whether it's somebody like a Chris Wilder or an Eddie Howe who's managed at the top level, we cannot afford to give it to a rookie like John Kennedy he has got to go out and prove himself at another club. We cannot make the same mistake we did with Neil Lennon. Would, for instance, Jerry, a convincing win yesterday followed up by another convincing win in the meeting that's coming up? And you know, did did he have scope to change your mind, or have you always been quite entrenched in this? If he if he'd actually shown something, God, then he could change the tactics, change the substitutions. I mean, once again, you'll be biased like me, but as David Turnbull, he substitutes it again. When he leaves Ryan Christie on the pitch, it, it doesn't make any sense. When he takes a best belt fielder off, and he leaves on Ryan Christie and Callum McGregor didn't do much. He's doing nothing different from Neil Lennon. That's the concerning thing. And you know, for all the talk about well, you know, Neil Lennon was responsible for a lot of the bad results. It's now make me think that John Kennedy was responsible, you know, for just as many of those results as well in terms of team selection and tactics. So that's the concern moving forward. We've got to, you know, all due respect to John Kennedy, he's got to go somewhere else and prove himself. Can't be at Celtic. I think it's very harsh to say that John Kennedy was picking the team when Neil Lennon was the manager. I mean, he cut the guy some slack. With regard to Dermot Desmond, who has twice before come up with the Hollywood appointment when he put Martin O'Neill in in 2000 and when he put Brendan Rodgers in. Uh, how, Jerry, would you or I or anybody else know what Dermot Desmond is thinking? Because since Neil Lennon left the club, 
since uh, Peter Lawwell announced that he would be retiring from the post of chief executive, not a word from Dermot Desmond, principal shareholder, effectively the owner of the club, not a word. So I can't tell you whether he's got the Hollywood appointment in mind or the cheap option, as you suggest, which might be on his mind. I cannot tell you because neither you nor I nor anybody else have a clue what way Desmond is thinking, Jerry. I mean, Alex, I know there is a feeling amongst Jerry and others that it's been pretty similar. The substitutions always get held up, yes. the David Turnbull one. Um, is that the case? Or do you also acknowledge that perhaps Celtic were better yesterday and you look at the... Some of the play down the left-hand side And yeah. being able to exploit the fact that Balogun played And I'm not meaning to overstate this stuff But let's be honest Where Celtic have been in, in the last few weeks And, and well, months You know, some of the link-up with El Yunusi Edward yeah. That's not been there So th- I guess there were signs It just maybe not big enough Yeah, Gordon This is a really interesting Because we were talking to this just before we come on air About David Turnbull uh, For me, it's a source of frustration Seeing this guy getting taken half round about the 70 I know it was uh, 78, 79 minutes yesterday but it's a source of frustration because you can see the boy wants to stay on the pitch. Now, I'll get substituted a few times over the course of my career and I was really frustrated. So it seems to happen week after week with this guy and I can't figure out whether it's something to do with his fitness, whether it's just to do with... It certainly doesn't things. look it, does it? Not, if, no, but not, not to my, I'm an expert. Not, 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 not to my, Gordon. And I think it, I think he will be frustrated. I think there's it's happened when... You, I look at Turnbull and I see him as he, he can score goals. He can pick a pass. Uh, he can change the game His set plays are really good And The discussion you and I were having Now that Ryan Jack may well be out of the well, he is out of the Scotland squad There you go Alex Ray's broken the news for you I was going to do that <laughs> oh, a bit sorry. later No it's fine I'm only kidding Sorry mate but uh, no, don't no, but Ryan mean, Jack has pulled out the Scotland squad tonight I, sorry, I think mate, mate, I, I'm, I'm, For the record I am joking I really don't mind um, I thought I'd blow out still your funder But the reason why I'm saying this is This guy's got to go in the, uh, This is how highly I rate this boy I think he's a good footballer and I think that he should be in that Scotland squad before this, never mind. Mm. So I, 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 really, I really like him and I can feel his pain when he's getting substituted time after time. Final word to you, Jerry. Yeah, I just I just want to emphasise that, Gordon, um, Mr Desmond has got to communicate. Cue made a good point. He hasn't said anything to him at Desmond. It's about time he spoke and said something to the Celtic fans. Tell us what you're thinking, Mr Desmond. Make the big decision. Make it right. We don't have time to waste on a rookie manager. Jerry, thank you very much. 01419511025. Stephen Gerrard says talk of an unbeaten season is a sideshow. And John Kennedy thinks Celtic were denied a Stonewall penalty. But what do you think? Let's hear you. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans is here. Alex Ray is alongside him. And they're both waiting for you to get in touch. 01419511025 or Twitter. At Clyde SSB Stephen Gerrard thinks Talk of an unbeaten season is a sideshow He insists Rangers main focus is the cup And he now knows he can use some games to experiment and rotate We know people are talking about it on the outside I'll give you a little glimpse of what's on the inside It's always about the next game It's a sideshow really we, We'll try and achieve it We'll do everything we can because we want to try and win every game It'll be tough There's a lot of challenges out there um, The priority now is the Scottish Cup uh, We want to try and do a double we want to try and win another trophy but it's also an opportunity for me to try and use certain players and try different things and also give people game time because people are working ever so hard for opportunities so um, we'll try and get both right we'll try and do that but also try and stay unbeaten just to keep everyone on the outside happy but it is a sideshow 
It's a sideshow Says Stephen Gerrard Tommy's a Rangers fan In Govan How do you feel about it all Tommy? Well, I was I was relatively happy uh, with, with the outcome yesterday. Would have mm-hmm. accepted a draw, sort of before the mm-hmm. game kicked off, just to keep the unbeaten thing going. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Celtic had everything to play for. Uh, Rangers are still looking a wee bit jaded and sort of fit off the gas a wee bit, but a job done as far as mm-hmm. as far as the result what, was concerned. What do you think was mostly behind that, Tommy? Is it the fact that the league is wrapped up and it's Maybe inevitable, understandable that, that your intensity drops a bit, or or was it Thursday night? You know, all, all the physical and emotional exertions. What what caused that? No, I I, I think Rangers uh, since the, the league won, even in both games, I think against Prague, they're just like a wee bit jaded, as if they've never quite managed to get back on. And in fairness, actually. Just up until before we actually won the league, there was a couple of games like that where we were slightly misfiring anyway, but getting the job done, and I think it was the same again. Job done, um, and I think that they're going to try and keep that momentum going to, to remain unbeaten, of course. Um, and it was a fair result. I mean, Celtic had, I thought, played some good stuff in amongst there, but Rangers looked more lightly towards the end. Um, so Celtic will be more disappointed with the yeah. Rangers of the thought. But Is it, do you go along with that, Alex, in terms of where where Rangers are at? Because how, how disappointing was Prague? We've not really dealt with that side yeah. of it because of the Glen Kamara thing, which is right. Don't get me wrong; that is far more important. But you see what I mean—the the actual reaction to yeah. performances and going out of Europe—and we, we've not really spoke about it as, as often. Yeah, Gordon, it, it, Tommy makes some valid points here. The they, they got over the line and achieved their main goal very so, early. Very early, so you know you still have to try and keep that momentum going. They were into a double header. They get a decent result over in Prague. I have to say, uh, Slavia were by far the better team on Thursday night, and then you have to play the game for for a large spell with ten men, and then obviously lost Balogun after that as well against a good team, and then you have the emotional hangover of all the Faroa, uh, and we'll touch on that later on about the alleged racism, and then you have an old Firm game, Gordon. So. I think Steven Gerrard has to find a way to try and negotiate the rest of these league games, try and become uh, uh, undefeated. But also, they has to raise the standards. Because I agree with Tommy, you know, they've come off the pace a little bit in the last few weeks because the Scottish Cup is the priority, Steven Gerrard just said there. Tommy, like William, the first caller, believes that the undefeated run in the league is important. And I think here you have a situation whereby Steven Gerrard has done the job. Hmm. You stopped 10 in a row For the Rangers fans That was the job So Stephen Gerrard Has the luxury of saying It's a sideshow See to be fair When you heard that full clip You know the sideshow line Is strong And that was kind of the headline But he does acknowledge That ultimately They will be trying to go unbeaten Because they want to win every game Of course But He has the luxury Of being able to say It's a sideshow Because he's done his job Tommy Like William Wants 10 years of misery To be repaid in every way possible In one season Rangers have stopped 10 in a row They'll go all out to win the Scottish Cup To have a leading cup double And Tommy and William Want the invincible run So that they can say to the Celtic supporters We did it as well As I always say in this programme We live in a, an uncomplicated part of the world There's Absolutely nothing technical about this They're bragging rights And Tommy as a committed Rangers supporter, wants as many bragging rights as he can lay his hands on. Tommy, what else jumped out at you from yesterday? What were the main talking points? 
Well, if I could just quickly say that that was I wasn't coming on to, to say anything about remaining. I just threw that on you. Know. Remaining unbeaten is actually that is going to be the feather in the cap. But uh, stopping ten was all it was about. If yeah. Rangers lost every game for now on, and you know it doesn't change the fact that they won the league and it, so ten years of misery. It's just icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. But anyway, my, my point was as far as yesterday was concerned. I thought it was a fair result. Both teams probably feel that if they'd have went up a gear, they could have won it. Um, and afterwards, you know, I was listening to the the post some of the post match stuff, and this was my point to come on. Uh, I heard Scott Brown and uh, John Kennedy afterwards talking about a stone wall penalty and how they felt that that changed the whole direction of the game. That was a turning point. If they went two 0 up. And they were really disappointing in the referee's performance. And I thought, wait a minute, hold on. What are they talking about? A stonewall penalty. It's as blatant a dive as you'll ever see. And the fact that, that I think they should be called out in it. And, and really the, the panel missed a trick when they let El Dionusi off the hook with his dive as well. If football is coming to the point where that's being regarded as a stonewall penalty, we're in big trouble. And you'll find that everybody's diving left, right and centre as soon as you even brush their arm. It was ridiculous and I think you know, it, it, it shouldn't be left alone that they're calling that a stonewall penalty. I, I think a Yeti is the one that you meant previously, but what about the rest of it? Hugh said yesterday he thought that was a penalty. Alex Ray, what was your take on it? Uh, no contact for me, Gordon, so I think the referee, Willie Collum, got it right. He'd actually a good vantage point as well. I think one of the key indicators was Alan McGregor mm. coming out and remonstrating at him going to ground so easily. Uh, and because there's no contact, Gordon, you can't you can't award a penalty for that. The, the strange thing is, right? Because I've actually went and looked looked into this, and I'm not not even specifically this. This for for anyone who's about to get all offended. This is not me <laughs> saying that was a penalty yesterday. But there actually there doesn't have to be contact for it to be a foul. Yep. With with that in mind, does, does that change anything for yeah, you? I, I I totally take your point on board, Gordon. Because mm-hmm. if somebody's bearing down and somebody takes a mad swipe, and yep. someone has to then kind of dive over his leg to avoid getting smashed in two, mm-hmm. then you can clearly see that that's yeah. a penalty. But that wasn't the case yesterday. This was a lazy leg. Uh, in if he'd have, if he'd have taken the hit, Edward, because it wasn't a great tackle. If he'd have taken the hit, I'm not. Sure, I don't even think he would have got hurt because it was not as if it was a big, yeah, a thing winder. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that. That I suppose that's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. Though, so if you think that wasn't a penalty, fine, yeah. no problem with that. But this, there was no contact. Therefore, it's not a penalty. Maybe doesn't always stack up. Yeah, yeah, but I think you have to put it in context, Gordon. And I've just gave you an example. If somebody's bearing down yeah. and then it's a big swipe, uh, and then there's you know you have to yeah. try and avoid that contact. But I just thought point, it was a lazy leg from uh, from Barisic. Point number one, just to go back to what Tommy said there, I, I don't understand what, what Tommy means by this, that we should be calling out John Kennedy, the interim manager of Celtic, and Scott Brown, the captain of Celtic, for saying it was a penalty. I mean, <laughs> they are Celtic. That's what they would say. Uh, Stephen Gerrard and James Tavernier would say it if it happened to Rangers. They, they, if they believe... It's a penalty They don't get it They will say it So You know I happen to think It was a penalty So you haven't changed Or no, diluted uh, your take on it Having maybe as, seen it last night As someone more famous Than I said earlier on today I am at peace With my conscience <laughs> um, Is that the missus you? <laughs> um, yeah Tommy You're not having it Listen If that's a stonewall penalty That's not even a, That's not even a foul in netball 
<laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I, I take Alex's point that if somebody's coming in and you have to get your shin out of the road or your ankle out of the road, somebody who's coming in and you, you dive over the foot, I, I can see where that could be regarded as a penalty. But, it, I mean, it was almost like walking past somebody and brushing their arm. It, you, would, you actually Tommy, had to do Tommy, a lot to go to ground Tommy, what do you want done about Scott Brown and No, to be clear, I think that's just a kind of throwaway remark I don't think we need to I don't think there's even any scope for a debate there Of course nothing's going to be done to Scott Brown Or John Kennedy for saying they think they should have had a penalty In fact, let's hear exactly what John Kennedy did say I've seen it back, spoke to Hudson um, And, you know, in, in terms of that contact When you get any sort of contact in the box And a player comes flying out at that speed you know, if you play it full time, you can slow it down and say, oh, not sure how much is there. Play it full speed, the player comes recklessly in, knocks you off balance, just touches you enough, you go over. That's, that's, that's what's happened there, it knocked him off. If it doesn't go over, he's on the ball, he scores a goal. So there's no need for him to go down. He's a goal scorer, he wants as many goals as possible, um, and he's not that type of player. So we we're, uh, feel aggrieved that we didn't get the penalty kick, but we've got to accept that and then look at the bigger picture of the performance, um, which was good. Just got it for the players that we didn't manage to, to get one. Uh, thank you to Tommy 01419511025 There is a danger you ground in circles on this all day John oh, yeah. Kennedy thinks it was Tommy thinks it wasn't You think it was Alex Ray thinks it wasn't uh-huh. um, I suppose the one bit Alex That we'll never know And it's a good question And again it's worth repeating This is not me saying I think it was a penalty Why did he go down? I, I do still feel like That's a good question Why did for, he go down? For, yeah I think he's trying to buy a penalty no, I do I, think he's going down Simulating no, the night yeah, yeah, no, 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 in, in terms of could he not just have got the ball? That that you know why go down? Yeah, but you could say that about a lot of times when people go I mean, down. Usually, the you know, they've overrun it or they're running away from goal or, or something like P- that. Possibly, you don't know whether someone had got over and got a block on mm. Gordon while whilst he's trying to go over his leg. I don't know, but he's definitely been down so easy. Yeah. And see, see this minimal con. I don't even know if there was contact, Gordon. I think it's very difficult to actually. Uh, identify if there was any contact But you know As I said to you The player at the time McGregor The referee is in a perfect position And, and I, I'll be honest with you, I thought Willie Collin Had won his better games uh, in, in a high profile fixture Yeah it wasn't the most eventful Hugh No No I mean It was an awful start to the game 20 boring minutes to begin with And then It, it, it kicked into life And You know It was an enjoyable game By, by the time it ended uh, We are obliged It is part of the ritual to go over and over and over a penalty that was not given. Uh, so I will play by the rules of the game. We'll talk about it till eight o'clock. <laughs> no, we won't. I can assure you. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. But we'll maybe we'll continue a little bit. Let's speak to Gary in Bishop Briggs and see what he's got for us. Hi, Gary. Hi. Have a good evening, gents. How's it going? Uh, my point is uh, about Christopher Ayer mm-hmm. and how for a guy the size. He's so lightweight, gets bullied off the ball, can he win crosses? Uh, and I think Shane Duffy has actually took the spotlight off Christopher Ayer this year with the criticism that Duffy's come in for. Ayer's got away with criticism, I think. And I don't think it's any coincidence that one of his best games for Celtic this year was against AC Milan at home, when AC Milan were reportedly shown an interest in him. What's the panel's thoughts? Christopher Ayer, Hugh. Yeah, um, he has his moments, uh, good and bad. Uh, he clearly has a very high opinion of himself, uh, and his international manager says that he finds that Scottish football 
too easy. Yeah, did you see this, Alex? I was actually embarrassed. Was, was it the assistant coach? I think anyway, one of the coaching staff, Breda Hanglin, said some matches he plays in Scotland, he looks like a senior who plays at junior level. It's because he's good, and this is not criticism of the Scottish league, but he needs to be challenged more. Well, I Absolute think nonsense. It, Just it, carry on, Hugh. He's yeah, talking it, nonsense in general. Celtic lose so many goals from set pieces because they have no formidable defenders there. And I include Ayer among that. Does that surprise you given his stature? And, and does that does that perhaps return to the fact that he was a midfielder originally? And Perhaps. Uh, but I'm looking at, at it in terms of the goalkeeper and all of the back four. Uh, there are no Virgil van Dijk's in there There are no Bobo Baldi's in there There are no Johan Mialbi's uh, And Celtic need players of greater physical stature I think I, I know we always go back to it That they lose more goals from set pieces than anybody else And it is the fault of the coaching That is the, the view of the Celtic fans I think it is the fault of having players Who do not have the physicality uh, And the presence in the penalty box Their own penalty box And that's why Celtic lose so many And that's why they need to buy An entire defence For next season I feel like Christopher Iyer Had actually been getting A bit of praise For his performances yeah. Recently Alex But I, we do hear that a lot About you know Is he as aerially dominant As he should be Well because of uh, His size He could be a lot more Dominant Gordon Um Going back to, just quite briefly, going back to the Norway uh, coach's comments mm. to say that he's not been critical. He has, he has been critical, and it, there's there's a few Norwegians as Elinus, uh, you know, uh, Norwegian as well. So he's playing here as well, and they find a cell here because of a particular reason. And going back to your point, he he can be more dominant. What Christopher Ayer is very good at is stepping out for the back, Gordon, and that's because he is comfortable with the ball for his midfield days. He still has some defensive frailties. If you look at the set pieces across the board, he will most certainly come into the Duffy, um, you know, uh, beat on when he's been in there at times, falling asleep, uh, and Ayer as well. So when you look at all these guys, that has been an Achilles heel because they've lacked an out-and-out leader at the centre-half. So, you know, I think uh, Gary makes an interesting point there and a valid point. Gary, what, what does the future hold for him then? Because I feel like a lot of Celtic fans hope that they'll get either... More out of them And good service Or they'll get a good fee for them But you're not convinced Either way No No I would rather uh, I would bite a hand off you For uh, any money for him Bite a hand off you I thought Mark O'Neill Made a good point yesterday When he was talking about uh, His previous Celtic team That he had uh, One centre half That would just Attack the ball That was his job Attack the ball Didn't they need to mark him They just Attack the ball I thought it was a great, a great point. I think Celtic should begin doing that, that line for their uh, defensive setup. Well, time will tell, I suppose. Thank you to Gary in Bishop Briggs. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. We've got Thomas and Barhead's got some interesting points. We'll hear them next. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans are here at so one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones or at Clyde SSB on Twitter. The post split fixtures are out. Hugh Keevans yeah. and Alex Ray. I won't run through them all, but to kind of sum it up, if you like, they start Saturday the tenth of April. Um, Celtic at home to Livingston, Rangers at home to Hibs on the Sunday, um, and then of course the bottom six post split fixtures are going to be unbelievable. Hamilton, Dundee United that day, Kelly Ross County. 
Um, and then Motherwell St Mirren maybe not quite um, quite as vital. Uh, on we go then, if you like. I suppose Alex will Rangers uh, Rangers against Celtic, the one which many people will be looking for Sunday the second of May. Um, Bank holiday, yeah. Yeah, Rangers will then be. Uh, away to Livy And then on the final weekend Rangers Aberdeen At home Saturday 15th of May So would that be trophy day I would guess Yeah I think um, it is Final probably, home yes. game of the season And the bottom six on the Sunday Hamilton Killy And Motherwell Ross County wow. So much to play for Looking forward to them I'm looking forward to them all Gordon You know They've uh, obviously been released uh, Today And uh, there's some good ones in there Some important ones I think all the emphasis will probably be on the bottom of the table because there's a few teams vying for that relegation. The managerial cliche, Alec, as you know, is uh, if if you're in the bottom six, we have five cup finals to play. And, you know, they're right. Uh, And with regard to the top six, you put the Celtic or the Rangers Celtic game in the middle and try and forget about it. Uh, But they won't. Uh, Let's go to Thomas, who's a Rangers fan in Barhead. Hi, Thomas. Good evening, Gordon. Hugh, Alec. Hi. I was in the rare position on Sunday of being quite calm watching an old firm game because the result wasn't crucial. So it afforded me the chance to be, be more objective when I was watching it. And the first thing I noticed after the game I was saying to my son was I thought it was a very poor game of football and a bad advert for the two best teams in Scotland. Um, there was nothing at stake for Rangers. I feel I, okay, they were tired and jaded after their midweek. Celtic did have something to play for pride and I thought it was just not easy on the eye but it it let me see two which I think is two weaknesses in Rangers and one in Celtic Um, from Rangers' perspective Rangers have been given plaudits for their defensive record domestically I think that's only 10 goals in the league we've conceded but the standard of opposition that we've been up against this season I think has been pretty poor um, in the forward aspects and it, where it shows up is when we play in Europe. Now, between Benfica and Antwerp, we conceded five, three, five, eight, 11, 12 goals, was it, in four games? And yet we've only conceded 10 domestically. Now, I know it's a better standard of opposition, but I've always felt that the Rangers' defence flatters to deceive. And individually, we're fine, but as a unit, like there are weaknesses when a ball comes from one wing across. Uh, to the back post or whatever and again that was what happened on Sunday a similar thing Elanousi getting the ball ahead of Holander we were suspect there I hope that's something that we can look to work on the second weakness I think is when you go to the midfield up front we're fine individually in our midfield we've got very clever players like Kamara, Aribo and Davis, Hardwork and Davis all easy in the eye but what it showed on Sunday again was Brown Brown's dominance in that midfield and that's a figure that I think Rangers lack is a dominant presence in midfield somebody to boss the midfield clever players we've got but we just don't have somebody to boss the to, midfield to, and to, I think that to, achieve, to achieve what though Thomas I mean the, 20 points clear in the league league wrapped up first week in March latter stages of the Europa League in, in what way are Rangers lacking that I mean you take 90 minutes yesterday but you know what in what way are they lacking it if they've managed to achieve all those things? We, well, domestic, uh, domestically, it's, it's fine. Um, but again, I, I don't feel the standard opposition this season has been that great. Um, in Europe, we've done well getting to the, the stages we're at. But just that wee physical presence in midfield, we've got good, really good football players. But sometimes, even to compl- I think Zungu, that's what he was possibly 
brought in for to, to add that physical presence, either coming off the bench or to start the game. Um, but he's failed to deliver, unfortunately. But uh, that type of player, that type of presence, every now and again, and we could have done with it on Sunday. There are certain games where we need that type of presence. And again, going into Europe, we've done very well. Um, but I, I don't want to be just focusing on domestic. I want, we've got to the last 16 this season. Um, you want to at least, that's now your benchmark. You're looking to that, OK, we're in the Champions League next season. You're looking to get to the group stages. So we're going to come up against a better class of European opposition in the earlier rounds, the, the, the qualifiers than we have done here. And I think that's what we need is sometimes a bit of dominance. And just right, let, let me put that to Alex. Just I'm ca- cautious of the fact we're a little bit yeah. uh, short of time, Alex. Oh, listen, uh, Scott Brown did a bit better yesterday than he has done in previous games, Gordon. And uh, you know the big question mark will be whether Scott Brown's at Celtic next year. But if you look at Rangers midfield this year, Gordon. I think you would fairly say that they have excelled in relation to what Scott Brown's done. Uh, you know, Scott's been brilliant prior to that. Um, but I think the midfield this year, I, th- I would go as far as to say Steve Davis will be in the reckoning for player of the year. Kamara for 50 grand has been sensational. You look at Aribo for 300 grand. You look at Scotty Arfield for nothing. I think a lot of these guys are, are done okay. Uh, going back to his point about the defensive aspect. Benfica spent over 100 million, I think, Gordon, you know, in, in quality players. So you're always running the risk. Uh, Antwerp have had a really good year uh, in the Belgium league. Uh, and then you look at Slavia, who are winning their league. So you, you are coming up against better opposition with the greatest respect to Scotland. But to lose 10 goals, there will be times over recent years as well. To lose as little as 10 goals, Gordon, in 33 games is an excellent record. Thomas says Rangers are. Not only doing it for this reason But a big contributory factor Hugh Is that just the opposition aren't very good And, and Rangers defence is flattering to deceive Well you know in years gone by We've said of Scottish clubs Poor performances in Europe And I'm the, talking mainly about Celtic and Rangers They're never tested at home uh, And that's why the performances in Europe are suspect But in spite of the fact that Rangers Have not been tested at home And I agree with Thomas I mentioned it at the start of the programme Hibs nearer to the bottom club Than they are to the top club Celtic 20 points behind Rangers Aberdeen one win and one goal In the last 10 games Yeah, it, it, it's suspect in places Highly suspect But Rangers have gone on Even in the, the two seasons before this one When Steven Gerrard was in charge They did well in Europe While being unable to win the league In their own country so I think Thomas and, and some Rangers supporters this season I think have been looking for A degree of perfection About the team They want absolute perfection Nothing is ever enough Ten league goals lost Not good enough uh, And so on and so forth uh, I, I just think mm. Thomas has been harsh On a team who wrapped up the league Got to the last 16 Which is more than clubs with a bigger budget Than Rangers did uh, and I think it's been just a little picky It's a remarkable uh, statistic well, I was going to throw it back to Thomas Thomas because you, the 10 goals have you actually I'm wondering if you've considered just how how small that number is Thomas because you say it's down to the league not being strong or, or not being tested but think about Celtic's Invincibles they were absolutely rampant and they didn't lose and they were up against a very weak Rangers team but, but they still conceded a lot more than 10 goals I am not a Hugh's missing my point It's not that I'm critical What Alex says Is absolutely right Glenn Kamara For 50 grand Steve Davis Is definitely a runner For player of the year Him and Alan McGregor 
and we're missing Ryan Jack as well. But what I'm saying is, what we've done now is we've got to be careful not to race. We can't gauge ourselves against this, the Scottish opposition. We want to be competing in Europe. Like when Celtic had the Invincibles, they were getting beat 7-1 by Paris Saint-Germain. And, you know, when we're going into Europe, we've done well getting to the last 16. I believe that we've set more coefficient points in the three years that CBG's been there than Celtic did in the previous 10. But what we want to do now is set a benchmark what we want now is to get that hopefully uh, an imposing figure in midfield for when it's needed. I mean, there's Not- possibly a whole different discussion, Alex, because as well as Rangers have done yeah. in Europe and they've had loads of praise on this show, taking on PSG or Barcelona yeah, Champions League stuff. That's elite football, Gordon. When you come up against these teams, then invariably you lose heavily because of the quality they have. And I, I often speak to Hugh and the guys in here about levels. That is, t- that's the cream. Um, the important thing for Rangers going forward, Gordon, will most certainly be the league. And it always will be the league. If you can get a good, sustained run in Europe, then that's an added bonus. Thank you very much. That was Thomas in Barhead. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Okay, beat the pundit time. It's a new week. It's your chance to win a signed ball, get some bragging rights in. And get one over on Hugh Keevans or Alex Ray 01419511025 Your chance to beat the pundit is next And the lines close at 7 o'clock So be quick Tackle the headlines 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans are here It's 01419511025 To join in on the phones Let's hear from you What did you make of the game yesterday? Who was good? Who was bad? What were the big talking points? Where do both sides go from here? All the usual post-match questions And uh, what about the other stories Doing the rounds today or over the weekend St Mirren fans How did it feel to miss out five minutes to go On a place in the top six We're going to hear from Marvin Bartley very soon He has taken up a new role with the Scottish FA On the back of this Glen Kamara alleged incident On Thursday evening The Scotland national team confirming They will not take the knee this week either So there's lots more still to come Get your phone calls in And we're going to give you the chance to win An unbelievable prize later on this hour But this first Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Always like Monday nights Beat the pundit Full of optimism Hugh Keevans For the week ahead I've been Full of optimism For 50 years <laughs> Well we'll see if we can Change that tonight Let's bring in tonight's Contestant who is Josh in Shawlands How's it going Josh? Hello I'm good How are you guys doing? Not bad at all You confident Josh? Um, I'm in the middle I'm in the middle Right okay Just sitting on the fence I don't mind that at all Because you, you don't want to Come in all guns blazing Alex confident And then you get Sent up the road With a zero We've had a couple of them Recently so Josh Has obviously heard that and he's playing it a bit safer That's fine Straight down the middle Right, no problem with that at all Let's toss the coin uh, If it's heads It will be Josh against Hugh Keevans And if it's tails It will be Josh against Alex Ray So let's see what we've got here tonight And It is heads It's Hugh Keevans Up against Josh in Shawlands So I will send Producer Callum through To turn off Hugh Keevans <laughs> There's a thought We got rid of him Good stuff Right, Josh It's just you and I Here's the deal 30 seconds on the clock Answer as many questions right as you can And if you do not know it Just pass quickly And move on to the next one, okay? No bother Right, good man 30 seconds going on your clock And your time starts now Which Scottish Championship club Does Stephen Whitaker play for? Uh, 
Or bro How many Scottish Premiership teams Won away from home this weekend? Uh, zero Who was the last se- Who was last season's Scottish Premiership top scorer? Uh, it was Edward Aberdeen's Fraser Hornby Is on loan from a club In which European country? Uh, Norway Name any of the top three Current longest serving managers In Scotland All divisions uh, Stephen Gerrard Okay let's Bring back Hugh Keevans And see what he's got for us A few tricky ones in there Alex Yeah not right? bad yeah mm-hmm. Quite good Let's see what Hugh Keevans has got Hugh can you hear us? I can Great same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now Which Scottish Championship club Does Stephen Whitaker play for? Oh pass How many Scottish Premiership teams Won away from home this weekend? Um, one Who was last season's Scottish Premiership top scorer? Um, Edward Aberdeen's Fraser Hornby Is on loan from a club In which European country? Belgium Name any of the top three Current longest serving managers In Scotland All the divisions Stephen Gerrard Which on loan Rangers player Scored for St Johnson on Saturday? Greg Middleton Okay, okay, okay Let's bring back Josh How do you think that went? Uh, I think he's put me by one Mm, let's find out Championship club that Whitaker plays for Alex Dunfermline It's Dunfermline How many Scottish Premiership teams Won away from home this weekend It was none Zero. Josh got it Was that a guess Josh? It was you It was a guess It was a brilliant guess Well done to you Josh goes 1-0 in front Who was last season's Scottish Premiership top scorer? Odson Edward You both get that So Josh stays in front Aberdeen's Fraser Hornby Is on loan from a club in France oh. None of you get that right I knew at least one of you was going to do this Name any of the top three current longest serving managers in Scotland Stephen Gerrard is the longest serving in the top flight But he's nowhere near it over the piece So Jim McAnally Jim McAnally, Dick Campbell, Stuart Petrie Those were the top Uh. three Okay so this is the problem Josh Because this was the end of the road for you And (laughs) you've got one more question and you're leading by one You see where I'm going here don't you? Yep, yep. <laughs> Which on loan Rangers player scored for St Johnston on Saturday? It was Glenn Middleton. Oh, in fact, hold oh, on. Oh, 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 Steel's inquiry. <laughs> oh, you're not going to do this. What did you call him? Middleton. What, what, you called him Greg Middleton. <laughs> well, <laughs> Josh, accept your ball with my kindest regards. <laughs> I'm being run here by a bent committee. <laughs> oh, hold on. This is the beauty of this, right? I, I get to. Clear myself of all blame Producer Callum He said Greg He can't have it That's that's the word in my ear Take it up with the big Dundee United fan Through there And I I gave them the goal of the weekend as well It's the last time Mickey Merlin gets anything from me Josh well done The ball is on its way to Shawlands Woo Thank you Good man That was your, To be fair I mean who is who is Greg Middleton Is, it, is that Glenn's secret cousin That cousin, we are unaware yeah. of I think it was the right decision Well done producer Callum Because that way it's not my fault Game's bent Alec Yeah I know I know To be fair he hasn't buckled in the booth There's a There's a compliance system If you want retrospective Punishment or appeal That, that can be arranged But the ball is on its way to Josh Right 01419511025 The first hour Taken up largely by Reaction to The game yesterday If you want to keep that coming That is absolutely fine But We've got some big news today More important than any of that stuff The Scottish FA says that Glenn Kamara's incident Will be the top item At Tuesday's first meeting Of its newly configured Equality and Diversity Advisory Board I know there had been a lot of stuff In the last few days saying Why are the Scottish FA not saying anything about this Well, well they are 
And Livingston midfielder Marvin Bartley Is one of those that's been invited onto the body As an advisor And I'm delighted to say he joins us at the moment uh, Marvin, thank you for joining us, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, yourself? Yep, not too bad at all um, The clubs have been informed, Marvin That the board's first step is going to be to organise an online summit At the end of March in an effort to champion meaningful change I wonder what meaningful change would look like in your eyes uh, well, it would be you know to stop the incidents we've, we've got going on at the moment. Um, you know the ones unfortunately we saw with, with Glenn Kamara. I know there are accusations at this moment in time, but the social media stuff as well. You know, I think there's there's time that you know we need to make a huge huge change. Um, you know, racism is is rearing its ugly head again, um, and it seems like it's an everyday occurrence now. Whether that's you know anywhere in the UK, you know, I'm not talking about in Scotland only, mm-hmm. um, in England also. And it's a problem that we need to tackle head on, you know, because um, if we don't, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to become even more out of hand. Um, because at this moment in time, it's, it's spreading like wildfire and, you know, we need to begin to contain this and then suppress it. Yeah, I mean, Glenn Kamara incident is the, the recent one, if you like, Marvin. It's what got many people in this country talking again. What, taking us back to that one, what was your reaction to that incident and, and the sort of fallout thereafter? Yeah, well, I knew something racial had been said straight away. You know, I didn't need to read the reports after or hear the audio that clearly, you know, when Glenn says it, uh, his reaction to it told me everything I needed to know. And, and the reason I know that, you know, I've been I've been racially abused myself. Um, and, and, and that reaction, you know, can only come from somebody who's been racially abused. Listen, I've played against Glenn on many occasions. Um, one of the calmest characters you'll, you'll meet on a football pitch. Um, to see him react like that, I, I knew what had happened because... You know, it, the, the hurt and the anger and then everything going through your mind and your body at that stage, you know, I, I could never explain to you how it feels. You know, I've been insulted in, in many different ways before, but when you're racially insulted, you know, that, that pain and, and the hurt and kind of anger you, you feel all at once and instantly is, is you know, I, I could never compare it to anything else and it's a horrible, horrible feeling. And I, as I said, I knew straight away. Yeah, I'm very conscious of that Marvin That's why I'm delighted that you've come on the show tonight Because I'm well aware that, that for me and for Alex and Hugh that are in the studio We simply don't know what that feels like And, and I would never want people to think that, that we were on our high horse About something that we, we maybe didn't fully understand So I'm delighted that um, I wish we were speaking to you under more happy circumstances But uh, you know, I'm delighted that you've been able to sum it up for us like that um, th- Since then, we've seen quite a few things happen for instance, um, I think Motherwell, Dundee United were amongst the teams who chose to no longer take the knee at the weekend. I believe the Scotland national team will follow suit. What's your own verdict on that stuff? Well, you know, recent times I was a strong advocate of, of people taking the knee. Um, you know, I spoke to players in the Scottish Premier League probably two months about this um, when others were saying, you know, nothing's happening, things are getting worse, we want to stop doing it. And, you know, and I, I, I campaigned for, for it to, to carry on, you know, amongst us. But now, you know, I totally understand their pain and their frustration because, you know, taking the knee was, was only meant to be the start of something. You know, it was never going to be the be all and end all to trying to, you know, end and eradicate racism. You know, taking the knee was to show people um, that there is a problem and, you know, the football world wanted it to stop and needed it to stop. But it was also to spark up conversation, which then would spread to education which worked at the start, you know, one of my teammates' sons saw us taking the knee and he said, well, why are you taking the knee, Dad? And the perfect example, the, the, the player said to him, because Marvin's treated differently to I am. And the son asked him why. His son's maybe seven or eight years of age. Asked him why, and, and he explained. And, and his son was like, I can't believe that somebody would do that. 
for the educational part through taking the knee, you know, did work at the start, but now we need something else to happen. You know, I think what what happened, they, they saw people taking the knee, players taking the knee, and thought, all right, that's fine. They're happy with that. Let's leave that there. And now we're being re- reactive rather than, you know, proactive, which we should have been at the start. Um, and we should have been planning, you know, what happens after this, what's step two, what's step three, what's step four, where now we've kind of been caught and, and things have got bad and, and teams want to stop taking the knee. And, and I understand that, you know, no longer would I be going to them and saying, I think you should take the knee because nothing has changed. And if anything, it's beginning to get worse again. Marvin, football can do something uh, tangible with regard to one player racially abusing another player. And you will play your part in that, obviously. Uh, what can football do about football players who are racially abused on social media? Yes, that's, for the, that's for the social media companies. But what I think football can do, we have a very strong you know, and powerful voice in the world. You know, football's a, a sport that's worth an awful lot of money globally. Um, so, you know, when, when football talks, um, you'll see that the government will listen and you'll see that companies will listen. Social media companies now need to make sure that people are verified with their accounts. There has to be some sort of accountability if you want to come on and racially abuse someone or, or you know, abuse somebody in, in a way that oversteps the, the mark. Um, the way of doing that for me is you say to people, right, you verify your accounts. If they don't want to verify their accounts, that's fine. You can still use the platforms in the same way. But then allow us, the users, to say, I only want people who are verified to be able to comment on my post or, you know, comment to something I've said. Because then I know if somebody comes on and racially abuses me, you know, they're verified. So you have their name, you know, their address, and then the authorities can deal with that. You know, the people who aren't verified, if somebody, if you follow them on, on the platform, then, yeah, they can interact with you and speak to you. Because if you follow somebody, it normally knows, means you know who they are. But I don't want those people to be able to comment on my post because it's too easy for them to you know, racially abuse me and then delete you know, their, their Instagram, their Twitter or whatever else. Because normally they're with fake accounts anyway in terms of fake emails and whatever else. So, you know, social media companies have a lot to answer for. And, and, and now the government need to, you know, also get involved because in, I think they were, you know, social media companies basically were a law to themselves up until 2020. And then Ofcom were, you know, told that they need to overlook these things. Well, we need something else to be done now. You know, either social media companies sort it out or the government say to them, well, we're going to have to limit, you know, what can be done on your platform within the UK, within Europe or whatever else. Yeah, because Marvin, that side of it must make it, I mean, like I say, I'm kind of conscious of the fact that your experiences way outweigh anything that I think about this subject, but I, I would imagine maybe things aren't quite as bad on, on a face-to-face level as they, as they once were. We had various callers on. Um, on the show saying that you know when they first maybe moved to this country or when they were brought up in yeah. the 70s or 80s it, it was a lot worse and although some steps have been made is social media undoing some of that Marvin because I feel like every Monday morning every time a football game of any profile is played yeah. a, a footballer is, is subjected to this stuff yeah it is undoing it in a sense that it's allowing people to to you know a law to themselves you know they can do whatever they want because you can make a fake profile I could make one now abuse somebody and delete it so social media is making it worse in that sense. In terms of stuff happening face to face, luckily enough, I've never had to, you know, experience that. I know people who've come before me maybe have. So in that sense, things are getting better. So there is there is a positive in in that sense. But yeah, social media is undoing a lot of this because it's so easy for people to do. And now, you know, it almost seems like a racial insult is the same as you know an insult and saying you're rubbish at football. It seems mm. it's far too easy. People are saying it far too easily now. This is the problem. 
You know, because they know there's no comeback on it, because they know they won't be held responsible for it, they just say it. What, what, can, I, what can you say to me that you know will 100% upset me and get, get some sort of reaction out of me? It, it's a That's the only thing that people know will actually work. So now they're doing it because they know they can get away with it. What, once that stops and you know you can't get away with it, these, these numbers will cut significantly overnight. If social media companies came out tonight and said, you have to be verified by this time next week. I guarantee you, from a week from tomorrow, the number of racial incidents that happen would be cut significantly. What did you make of Scott Brown going over to Glen Kamara yesterday? Do you think that is that the type of powerful gesture that, that makes people sit up and take notice? Oh, of course it does. You know, what, what a touching thing to do. These are, these are huge. This is one of the biggest rivalries in the world. And you see the captain, Scott Brown, after his team, by the way, losing the, the, the league to their bitter rivals, he goes over some things are bigger than football. And Scott Brown showed that yesterday. You know, there's not a single person out there that couldn't have sat up and thought, wow, when they saw that happening. And Scott Brown hasn't done that just because he wants to do that. Scott Brown doesn't need any fame off anybody else. That's because he has a genuine concern and he's heartbroken to see what's happened to a fellow player. And that's a rival player it's happened to. So rivalries get thrown away. You know, when it, when it comes to things like this and, and people are being racially abused, rivalries get thrown away. And, and Scott Brown's probably the most fierce competitor we have in this country. You know, and, and I think him doing that shows everybody else out there that, you know, there, there is a huge problem, a massive problem. And, and you know, if, if two rival players or a rival player can go over to another one, and give them their condolences in terms of what's happened, then, you know, we've got a problem, but it's a problem we can all fix. Marvin and Friday, uh, after the Glen Kamara incident, Connor Goldson spoke at uh, Rangers press conference and spoke in a very emotive way. And he said that his belief was racial abuse will never be eradicated. Do you agree or disagree with that? The way things are going at this moment in time, I would have to agree with it, with Connor. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't stand here or sit here and, and tell you I, I, I disagree with him hand on heart because I'll be lying to you. You know, when these things happen and it happens to someone close to you, as it did with Connor um, on on the Thursday, you know, that's always going to be the, the way you look at things. Um, I would hope over time, you know, when things calm down, um, Connor would relook at it and say, you know, maybe maybe it will never be eradicated, eradicated, but we can help you know, get as close to that as possible. Um, but the way things are going at this moment in time, you know, I, I couldn't sit across from Connor. I couldn't look him in the eye and say, you know, you're wrong in saying that because he's not, you know, he's not, unfortunately, he's right at this moment in time. Marvin, we wish you very well on this Equality and Diversity Advisory Board that we spoke of earlier, the Scottish FA um, putting the wheels in motion on that one. If the last 15 minutes are anything to go by, uh, I think you're going to be a credit to that. So thanks for speaking to us. Thank you very much, take care That was Marvin Bartley, Livingston midfielder And like I say, now going to play a role In trying to make a difference at a Scottish FA level And hopefully we can get rid of this stuff once and for all Thanks again to Marvin We're going to take a breather Now if you've been listening last week I did tell you we had some unbelievable prizes for you Coming up this week I'll tell you all about it In fact we'll play the competition And by the way, the contestants come on And it's up to you two to win them prizes Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, good luck with that. I feel so sorry for them. <laughs> Greg Middleton, come on. I feel so sorry for them, but we'll do it next. <laughs> Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 
Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans are here It's 01419511025 To join in on the phones What did you make of the weekend's football? What did you make of what you heard from Marvin Bartley Who spoke incredibly well Hugh Keevans, yes, that yeah. might be one of my favourite um, If that's the right word, most important probably um, well, Would be a better description Segments of the show we've had He's the most mild-mannered of men But you could uh, tell by the tone yep. of his voice That this clearly upsets him greatly And uh, you're right He'll be an excellent addition to the advisory board uh, Right, there is a lot of serious stuff in Scottish football Let's have a bit of fun for a few minutes, shall we? Take a punt on a pundit With Glenn's Vodka The official spirit of the SPFL Please drink responsibly Yes, I'm so looking forward to this I told you about it all last week And all of this week on the show We're going to play Take a Punt on a Pundit With Glenn's Vodka The official spirit of the SPFL We're going to give you the chance To lift your game day experience And boost your viewing from home By winning some unbelievable prizes We've picked two contestants at random Who entered online at Clyde1.com and they've now got the chance to win the following Alex Ray, how does this sound right? Because you, know, you, you have to sit at home and watch the games at the moment Yes The winner gets a brand new TV wow. A sound system A signed shirt And a ball of their choice A bottle of Glenn's vodka £15 worth of takeaway vouchers And a pair of pay-per-view tickets For you and your mate That's, That is not bad it? at all He wouldn't be able to work the sound system Or anything like that So that, luckily he, oh, Hugh Keevans can't win The grandkids can do it and, uh, so they can win all this? Tonight they can, yeah And don't worry, we'll throw something in for the runner-up as well The old wooden really? spoon uh, Tonight's first contestant is Simon from Kilmarnock He's a big Kilmarnock fan Are you feeling confident, Simon? I uh, hope so, yeah Guys, it'd be, uh, it'd be nice I'm just sitting, finishing off a, uh, some prep for my report tomorrow Due in, so uh, it'd wow. be a nice wee treat for tonight Absolutely, you're working hard at Hector in Broomhill Looking forward to it Oh yeah, yeah. I'm uh, got my fingers crossed that the the whoever is doing it for me will you. bring home the bacon for me tonight. Who do you, who do you think gives you the best chance, Hector? Me, oh, dumber, dumber. I, I don't know actually. Um, that's a hard one. It is right. We'll, we'll, toss the, we'll, saying, we'll, we'll toss the coin and we'll find out. Here's how it works. Each caller is going to be allocated a pundit. <laughs> I'll give them. I'll give the pundits footballers from past and present and the number. Of SPFL clubs they've played for The pundits have to decide How many Scottish teams They can name It's the best of three And if a pundit names An incorrect club The point goes to the other pundit It's a lot easier Once we get going right So for example Hugh Kenny Miller played for Seven SPFL clubs right uh -huh. Now if you said That you could name four You thought you could name four I'll then give Alex The chance to name more But if you can't It's over to you You try and name your four If Alex wants to try And get one over on you And name five then you can try Back and name on. more than him And the winner um, Will be whoever can get them Alright Yeah Okay, okay. It'll be easier when, I, when we do it on here Don't you worry Right Heads and Simon's through in line A So if it's heads it's Hugh Keevans that represents him And if it's tails it's Alex Ray And it's tails Simon Don't know if you're happy with that or not uh, as long as he's better at this than he was at management, I'll be all right. Oh, he's gone in studs. I'm only joking, getting, Alex. Just get them deliberately I'm wrong. I, I'm representing, representing them. them. <laughs> You're just going to get them all wrong now, so he doesn't win. <laughs> he did say he was only joking. He quickly, oh, sorry, he quickly took it back. Uh, right, so Hector is going to be represented by uh, Hugh Keevan. So, first player. And all I want is a number here. Don't give me the name of the clubs just yet. So, Hugh, you're first up. Uh -huh. Jamie Langfield has played for six Scottish clubs. How many of those do you think you can name? Don't give me the name, just the number. Three. You think you can name three. Alex, do you think you could name more than that? No. Okay. I'm struggling. <laughs> right. 
So the onus is on Hugh to name three And if he does it then it, It's it's 1-0 to Hugh Keevans Go on then let's hear it St Mirren, Dundee, Kilmarnock He's only got two of them <laughs> He's only got two of them So the point goes to Alex Ray That's the way it works <laughs> even playing. Simon you're one up <laughs> Excellent Hector he's Come hopeless on, isn't he Oh dear, oh dear <laughs> Right, let's see, here we go uh, yeah, Dundee, Wraith Rovers, Partick Thistle, Aberdeen, Forfer or St Mirren Right, so it's 1-0 to Simon Yes? Yes uh, Right, player two And it's Alex Ray that takes the lead this time Scott Allen, he's played for five SPFL teams How many do you think you can name? Just the number Scott Allen uh... Four Okay, Hugh, can you name more than that? No Okay, Alex Ray, take us away. Uh, Dundee United, uh-huh. Celtic, uh-huh. Hibs, uh-huh. and quick. Oh, it's here, it was that quick. Um, How long's he? Dundee United. You said that oh. already. Uh, right, it's a point. We've oh. equalised. Hector, you're back in it, and now it means we're through to a decider. Back to you, Hugh Evans, to take us away. Player three. Has played for five Scottish clubs And it's Andy Webster How many do you think you could name Hugh? Three Alex Ray could you do more than that? For Andy Webster? Uh, he said three didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say Hurry up You don't no. have to say Okay Hugh Keevans take us away Name the three Dundee Rangers And Hearts Rangers is right Hearts is right Dundee is not It was Dundee United I'm afraid So uh, Hector in Broomhill He has done you in And Simon in Kilmarnock You are the winner Well done to you Oh it's amazing Thank you Congratulations You have won The the brand new TV The sound system The shopping ball of your choice The jersey signed by the squad Bottle of Glen's vodka £15 of takeaway vouchers Pay-per-view tickets for you and your mate All thanks to Glen's vodka Do not worry Hector We're going to give you some prizes as well You're walking away with a bottle of Glen's vodka £15 worth of takeaway vouchers And a pair of the tickets for you and a mate So all is not lost Hector Is that okay? Yes, thanks very much. Well done, Good boys. Man, Simon, you'll be happy with that, surely. Oh, absolutely delighted. That's just absolutely made my week. I've had a tough couple. Of, we've had a tough couple of months. My partner and I have lost a couple of family members to COVID, so that's a, just a really, really nice thing to to cheer me up a little bit. Brilliant. And if your team's well performance was anything to go by, you'll have some good viewing to be done on that TV. I just will not want to watch it with you, even though <laughs> I can't. So thank you, Simon and Hector. Well done. You can be tomorrow's big winner. Go to Clyde1.com to enter and play Take a Punt on a Pundit with Glenn's Vodka, the official spirit of the SPFL. You'll find all the T's and C's there. And remember, however you enjoy your Glens, please do enjoy it responsibly. There we go. Sigh of relief, you th- you two, you're off the hook. That was good, I enjoyed that. A bit of fun, Hugh Keevans. Yeah, why not a bit of fun? Why not, why not try and make someone's night? Listen to what that meant to could, Simon. Can we get the, the five teams at Big Webster? Because I had Hearts, uh, St Mirren and Rangers. Dundee United and Arbroath. Right, okay. There we go. So, uh, normal phone-in rules apply. Let's get your calls in and see what you made of the weekend's football. We just heard from Marvin Bartley, which was a hugely... Um, important, very significant moment um, I'm thinking back to, to yesterday's game as well Alex Something else that we didn't mention yet John Kennedy again bemoaning a, the set pieces from Celtic How many yeah. times are we going to have this discussion? Anything new to add yeah. on it? it, it what, what did you make of yesterday's? It was a similar theme Gordon, you um, 
you have a, a group of players who are not aggressive. They don't attack the ball. They don't win the first ball. And then you have guys who uh, fall asleep to second wave as well. So um, it's been a long, long time since I can recall Celtic mm. being so poor from set plays. Uh, yeah, and it's consistent. Let's bring in John, who's a Celtic fan in Paisley. What's on your mind tonight, John? Uh, just the laws of the game. Okay. Oh, on Sunday, there was a player uh, cautioned for an act of simulation. Mm-hmm. Right? There was another act committed at the exact same time, which was a reckless challenge. And the laws of the game say it's a cautionable offence. Yeah, but I mean, th- those things are open to interpretation, though, John. That's where the problem comes, isn't it? It's not as black and white as you've made it sound. How was it? No, it was, it was as black as white as I made it sound. Every every sports commentator in Britain said it was a reckless challenge. Well, I don't know about and that. I'm, well, well, so you don't think it was a reckless challenge yourself, then? Well, I, 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 no one ever cares what I think. Alex Ray certainly doesn't. Hugh Keevans kind of agrees with you. Um, he thinks it should have been a penalty. Alex Ray doesn't. Um, uh, you can't have both things. No, 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 I never once said it should have been a penalty. I said there was two cautionable of offences. Are you talk, are you talking about Barisic? No, I'm talking about the the penalty incident. Yeah, well, you know, well, if the referee deems it to be simulation, then he cannot deem it to be. A reckless challenge by Barisic It can't be both things at once Certainly a reckless challenge It's uh, the laws of the game Say if you go in and make a reckless challenge On a player That's the bit that I'm talking about John You might think it was reckless But the referee obviously didn't So you, you've you've kind of stated that as fact As if you know that's automatically reckless But the reckless is the bit that the referee Needs to decide if that's applicable or not no, I would say it was reckless I, th- I thought it was a reckless challenge John, John, it's actually I think the terminology is It's a complete disregard To endanger an opponent I didn't see that yesterday mm. Actually, I'm not even sure how relevant that is, right? Because simulation that That's basically Yeah, but I'm talking about the reckless challenge know, but, that you're saying but I'm, I'm saying I don't think that's as relevant If we look at simulation Can be penalised for no contact Exaggerating contact or initiating contact really would be the sort of guidelines. Which which one of them, Alex? Do you think there was no contact? Do you think there was a little bit and it was exaggerated? Yeah, I think the way he went down, Gordon. Even if there was the slightest of touch, which I didn't see, uh, I'm only trying to play devil's advocate here because I didn't see the actual touch. At, uh, I don't think any of the vantage points showed any touch either. And uh, in the manner we he down, and then people go, "Well, why did he go down?" Because he was trying to buy a penalty. My only point again is that it can't be two things at once. It can't be a reckless challenge and simulation. The referee gets a look at the incident, decides it's not a penalty, in his estimation. And he thinks that uh, Odson Edward tried to con him into awarding a penalty. Therefore, he shows him a yellow card. It cannot be two offences at once. What did you make of your own team's part in the game, John? Uh, I thought they played quite well. Uh, I've been disappointed in the more season. Certainly, certainly have uh, disappointed him in last. Well, we never get the season finished, but the start of the lot didn't go very well either. They just didn't look they stop start all the time. Well, they're certainly stopping now because most of the players are leaving the club in the summertime. Uh, I would say that five of the outfield players yesterday uh, may not be there who who started the game yesterday. Five may not be there next season. Uh, there are others on the bench, such as uh, Shane Duffy. Uh, who won't be there next season uh, So It will stop 
And a new team will need to be brought in for next season. That's the job of the new manager, whoever he may be. Thank you very much, John in Paisley. Let's bring in Brian, who's a Rangers fan. What have you got for us, Brian? Hi, uh, hi, panel. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, Brian. Um, thanks for letting me on. Uh, John's point there about a reckless challenge. Uh, when I seen it in real time, I thought it was a penalty, and I thought uh, I thought Barisic had panicked. Uh, and then, when, obviously, when I seen it again. The funny thing is, when when uh, Willie Collum was walking towards, I immediately knew that he was not given a penalty. Uh, I knew he was he was bringing Edward. And then obviously I wanted to see the, the replay And once I've seen it uh, You're 100% correct Alec He couldn't get his show off uh, Obviously because Barisic Is trying to block it uh, But He then Decided after that That he would go down and look for a penalty uh, And it's plain and simple And I don't understand Why we've got so much debate uh, what I'd said to the producer, and this is a bit of what about the queue, you know all about that. Oh, brilliant, our favourite. <laughs> uh, uh, if it had been Alfredo that had done that, I would have expected him to get roasted the left, right and centre. Uh, and to be honest, Edward deserves exactly the same. And if you remember, there was an incident in the second half when he tried to turn a uh, Swedish defender. Can't Amanda. remember his name. Yeah, he tried to he tried to turn him, and he was too strong, and he wasn't winning the ball. And he went down again, and I thought it was very very lucky that Colum decided to ignore that and and just stay wave play on. Uh, he tried to buy a penalty yesterday. It's it, it just it's so plain. I, I I really don't know why we're having a debate on it. Well, why did you phone in about it? <laughs> well, we're going to have a debate on it because people have two sides to. The argument I know, but, is always I, a, but I did say we'd talk about this till eight o'clock. It's nearly twenty. Yeah, but we now. haven't though. We've not. But, we took a, a large gap in between. But you know, no penalty was awarded, and the, the referee arrived at a decision. And did he dive later on for you in the other incident that Brian speaks of? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, again, when you have a Rangers Celtic or Celtic Rangers weekend, every 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 clash of two players is. Uh, assessed in forensic detail And somebody always wants somebody to pay mm. for it And I think, to be fair The bit about Morelos If it had been Alfredo It had been this, that and the other This has got to come to a stop as well I mean, you know The, the referees decided that it was simulation Showing a yellow card What do we want? Do we want whether it's Alfredo Morelos Or Odson Edward or whoever Do we want them taken to the sheriff court And put on trial or something? I mean, you know What do people want? Yeah, on the on the second one, Gordon, I, I was a bit perplexed why he went down. I'm not so sure whether he was trying to buy a penalty because it was, you know, it's almost as if he went down. There was no contact, but I don't think it warranted a, a second yellow. Uh, and as I said earlier on in the show, for me, he was trying to buy it in the the first instant. Brian, thank you. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Still plenty of time to get your calls in. Do it now. We could be speaking to you next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans are here It's 0141-951-1025 If you want to speak to the guys Or if you can tweet your kindest regards To at the Clyde SSB Let's speak to Brian Who's a St Mirren fan in Johnston Hi Brian 
Hi, how are you doing, alright? Not bad at all. How are you? How are you over it from the I'm weekend? I'm a wee bit gutted. <laughs> to say to say the least, a wee yeah. bit gutted. Well, it's kind it's self inflicted because um, we kind of missed it. But it's alright saying that on Saturday against Hamilton, the late goal is what cost Tingley. But as the boy said the other night, there we had a lot of home ties in February, and we never took enough points to get to, to consolidate top six. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the main thing, my prob- my point is this: I, I, I'm no football man. I don't. I mean, I'm a fan, right? But I'm no. I don't play football or anything like that. But that, if that's a free kick, uh, a Shaughnessy on the boy Moyle, then do you know what I mean? That the boy Moyle's six foot two. He kind of knelt down in front of him, and Shaughnessy. Shaughnessy didn't even have his horns on him, and he, he just he just stood behind him, and he did the, he did the ball away. And how is that a free kick? And that leads to the goal. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think Jim Goodwin certainly agreed. Here's what he had to say. I sent off in the end because I disagreed with the decision and there was no bad language. It was purely just a case of, you know, I think the referee's cost us today. I think he's cost us a a top six place, like I say, far too many times. We find ourselves sitting here talking about the the standard of refereeing. And it's disappointing because I don't like talking about the officials. You know, people will be sitting listening to this and thinking, well, sour grapes on my part. You know, it's not. At the end of the day, in my opinion, having played centre half myself, that is not a free kick. You know, it's pathetic, really, um, that we're giving fouls for centre halves going and competing with six-two strikers like that. I don't know what Joe Shaughnessy is meant to do to try and win the header, but that's the game we're in at the moment. Unfortunately, we um, we end up speaking about referees far too often after games, and um, unfortunately, Donna's cost us there today. I think. I mean, Brian's not going quite that far. Brian's acknowledging Hugh that you know damage was done elsewhere. But yeah. Very strong words from from Jim Goodwin. Um, I understand Jim's deep disappointment. However, he said the referee cost them. No, he did not. It was a bog standard free kick for me. Uh, you know, the referees are, to my way of thinking, not good enough here. Uh, I said that Greg Aitken. Uh, should have rewarded a penalty to Dundee United and to Aberdeen at Tannadice. Willie Collum uh, is under fire from the Celtic support and management for not giving a penalty uh, for Rodson Edward. But with regard to the foul, bog standard, I think. And what happened thereafter, it was the fault of the St Mirren defenders. Mm. Uh, and they, the defenders, have cost St Mirren to lose out by the margin of two goals to St Johnston, of course it's heartbreaking. I do think, though, that St Mirren and their supporters should understand that at the start of the season there were fears that St Mirren would be in that relegation battle and Jim Goodwin, through good recruitment and good mm. play on the park, has taken them well away from that. But the referee didn't cost them the top six. Yeah, the, the St Mirren defence did. Should it have got that far, though, Alex? Yeah. Does does Brian have a point? Have, have we seen it quite a lot this season that as soon as strikers feel that can you know yeah. someone coming up above them they, they hit the deck is that did that apply here yeah. listen uh, i think brian makes a, uh, a few good points but, uh, there for me he's trying to get up and Shaughnessy's leaning on top of him kind of and i thought it was a foul he makes a point of february you know they they had four home games gordon and only won one of them uh so that cost him as well because he couldn't go more points at home over that course I thought it was even more than that to be honest no I'm just talking about in February yeah sorry that uh, yeah it's five Gordon mm. in February six no five at home so it, so the point I'm trying to make is here that Gordon is 
There was actually an overload in Hamilton's favour So defensively they weren't set up properly There was three men in the wall I'm not sure they actually needed it So they were a man light And even the four men were marking To get a free header at that stage mm. of the game uh, For me it's just bad defending It's ultimately cost them But I, I, I think if you offered Jim seventh prior to yeah. the season starting He would have bitten the hand off you But I think it's an opportunity missed would you go along with that, Brian? Well, anyway, is, are they going to be seventh? Could the heat make you down, and they might start losing a lot of points now and start dropping down the table? Mm. Yeah, but I mean, you're you're not going to you're not going to get anywhere near the relegation battle, Brian. So, d- does it matter as much? I wouldn't. I wouldn't think there'll be anywhere near that. Yeah. But the thing is, I mean, Dundee United's a point behind now. The chances are, someone could end up losing two or three games and being like third bottom or something. Do you know what I mean? But again, that's down to players. I mean. You, you have to get over disappointment in, in football as in life in general So any points dropped from now until the end of the season Will be because the opposition were better than you Because you didn't play well Or some other factor But you can't just say Oh we failed to make the top six That's it then oh, Well listen There's a, there's a pretty sizable gap At the bottom Alex In terms of yeah. St Mirren there's, there's not going to be in any danger whatsoever um, and in fact they could end up with more points than yeah. St Johnson Because that's yeah. sometimes the way it works yeah. after the well, split they're five points ahead of Motherwell Who are two places below them I don't see yeah. them dropping too many points between now and the end of the season Thank you Brian That was Brian, a St Mirren fan from Johnston Let's bring in Adam, a Celtic fan in Kerfin Hi Adam How are you doing alright? Not bad at all, what's on your mind? It's just uh, You know about us John Kennedy Getting this, this manager, Gilbert Parkhead no danger, no way in this planet is that man fat enough to, to pick a, a Celtic team to win the league. No way. See that? See substitutions at the weekend, what he done? You get the best striker at Parkhead, the best finisher, and he gives him five minutes. That, that's no winning game. Mm. He's taking the best He's taking the best players off and bringing mediocre on. That boy Turnbull, he shouldn't be, he should never be after that Parkhead. He's the best player will go. Well, Neil Lennon was always taking them off as well. I go back to the point. There's no point in getting yourself excited by the prospect of John Kennedy being given the job because nobody knows, not a soul knows, what's going through Dermot Desmond's mind on this. And until such times as um, Dermot Desmond breaks cover and speaks to the Celtic supporters or gives them a manager, comes out and says, this guy's the new manager... Nobody knows what's on. That's fine. That's all Adam's saying. He hopes that what is in store is not John Kennedy. Um, Adam, so are you referring to Lee Griffiths being, you know, the best striker at the club? Aye, that that boy scored forty goals in the season. He's the best finisher we've got. And five minutes one week, five minutes the next week. That's just that's Neil Lennon material. John Kennedy's just a, a a bigger version than Neil Lennon. Stepped into his boots. He's doing what Neil done. Subs at the same time. Taking the same players off. Bringing the same players on. That's what he's doing. I mean, is, is Lee Griffiths the best striker at the club? Gordon, just now though, Alex. Gordon, I'm, I'm I was looking at this the other day. Lee Griffiths has uh, obviously come back with his issues in the summer. Uh, the management team don't have any more trust in him and we have Adam on here saying he's a 40-goal man. This season he scored seven. Last year he scored uh, 11 and the year before that, six. It's a long time since Lee Griffiths was hitting that type of form that Adam's trying to say and the fact that he plays Ayeti and Klamala before him tells you everything you need to know what they're actually thinking about Lee Griffiths at this present time. And when he used to be a very good player for Scotland, uh, we all praised him to the hilt uh, But Stevie Clark left him out Of the squad for the upcoming games And there's only one reason for that 
at the moment he is neither fit enough nor good enough to get in. Adam, but listen, you don't get you don't get fit unless you you need games to get you need match fitness. It's a different fitness training. He needs match. He needs game time. Five minutes isn't he get going to do nothing for the boy. Yeah, is there something in that, Hugh? In the sense, if John Kenny d- doesn't want to use Lee Griffiths, fine. You know, no problem. He's he's the manager. But I think it was the 88th minute or something. We had a, it was a tweet. I keep harking back to a tweet we had yesterday, which was along the lines of either use him or don't. You know, don't don't put him on for two minutes because it it won't actually change anything. This was the most important in the eyes of Adam and other Celtic supporters. This was the most important season in their history. The chance to get ten in a row. Lee Griffiths come back unfit to play football, and it started to go downhill for Celtic from there. So. I, I wouldn't go heavily in favour of Lee Griffiths and be making a case for him when he let the club down to begin with. Do you see that kind of vicious circle, Alex, though, that, that Adam's talking about? If it, if it is match fitness, if he's not match fit, well, coming on for two minutes won't make him match fit. What, yeah. what will? Does this ever end? Well, the, the, the problem they have is, Gordon, because they're actually trying to get wins, you have to rely on guys who are up to speed. The, the guys that are actually kind of not carrying the same body weight that Lee's been carrying over the piece. And he's been playing catch-up the whole season. He hasn't been able to get going. But get back to my point, 11 goals last year and six goals a year before. So I know he had some other issues out with that, but... It's yeah, he missed a lot of football, that's it's, that's... it's highly prolific. That's the reason why I'm throwing it mm. in, Gordon. I'm trying to be balanced. Uh, right, Adam, thank you very much. That was Adam from Carfino, 141951125. Other big talking points from the weekend. Hugh Keevans, I think it was. No, it was Alex Ray gave Kilmarnock yes. his result of the weekend. A 4-1 hammering of Motherwell. Loved watching those highlights over the weekend. Oh. Let me tell you, here's what Tommy Wright made of it. It was a good performance. I, I do believe that I've told them as well that we've played better in terms of the football that we can play and, and not picked up results. So it, it was a good day. Performance had moments of quality, um, a lot of character, worked really hard for each other, um, dealt with a, a lot of long balls into uh, our area and um, made the right decisions at the right moments in games and in, in the game. And that's probably something that we've lacked in terms of um, since I've been here and probably throughout the season that's cost us so many points. So. Um, we're pleased with that and obviously they got four different scores and some quality goals in amongst it is um, it's very pleasing day for us Anyone got any idea who's going down? <laughs> uh, I think Ross County Okay Gordon I can actually say because when you think one's gone you think Kamarnock's gone Gordon and then they produce that then you look at Aki's time after time and I know that Hamilton Aki's got real problems with injuries at the moment and then John Hughes has had a, a decent enough bounce so I think the split's going to be paramount to see who goes down, but it's difficult to say. Huge for Kilmarnock that though, and for Graham Alexander, he must be oh. wondering what's going on because every now and then Mother will do this. They've had some horrendous defeats, then they pull it out of the bag for yeah. a few weeks and they're safe. I think, aren't they? Yeah, most people accept that, but um, yeah, a bit of a season to forget. Yeah, I think uh, Mother will safe. I've been saying it all season. I think they've got match winners, but when you're shipping goals, I was going to give Liam Kelly. You know, the howler of the weekend gone, the, he's actually threw that ball into the net. I thought it was a poor shot by Lafferty and I think he was surprised that it went in. So it's not the ideal start. They get a good response and get the equaliser, but on the day they were really off the pace. If Kelly do stay up, how much of it might be down to the signing of Kyle Lafferty? Mm. I, I, an awful lot. In, in his time at the club, he's now scored three and made three. 
Uh, he has, without doubt, been the catalyst for where they are now. Uh, his goal was a gift on Saturday, but the other three goals from uh, Burke, uh, Pinnock and Mackenzie were terrific goals. Uh, it must have lifted everyone sky high. Uh, and I think Kilmarnock will kick on. And when they look back on the season, once survival has been attained, I think they will look back on the signing of Lafferty as the turning point. And Alex, on we go now to International Week. Yep. I know it doesn't always float everyone's boat, but we've got a Euros. We've got a major tournament just around the corner, and that adds something because you're, yeah. you're, you're constantly thinking, what are we going to look like? What players are going to play? Who's not going to play? And so on. Ryan Jack has pulled out of that squad. Yep. Maybe not a surprise. No, listen, he's been injured for a while now, gone, so there's no surprise there. I just wonder if he may well call up Turnbull. It's a perfect opportunity. I'm looking forward to see, seeing Adams as well, you know, playing at a very good level, bring something different mm. to the to the front line. Uh, I think Dykes getting the, in the goals at the weekend as he well, did. Lyndon Dykes. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to Scotland continuing with this momentum. Yeah, going to be a big week on the international front, but the club football never goes away in this city. Don't be so ridiculous. I'm sure there'll be plenty... Of domestic stuff to get your teeth stuck into So make sure you join us at 6 o'clock tomorrow Roger Hanna and Gordon DL will be here All the day's talking points And another chance for you to win some great prizes On the show as well So we'll see you at 6 o'clock Big week ahead like we say Thank you to Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray Thank you to you for your calls, your tweets And for listening at home We will see you tomorrow And Callum Gallagher will see you next He'll look after you for the rest of the night <laughs>